0: Welcome to Art Talks. I'm your host, Richard Codd, and I thank you for joining us here today on KZMU in Moab. On today's show, we'll hear about the upcoming Moab Music Festival from its executive director, Laura Brown. who will talk about some of the performers who will be attending, where the events will take place, how to get tickets, and how they are dealing with COVID-19 to make the event as safe as possible. I'll also talk with Laura about what can be done to help make Moab a cultural hub for the arts. Welcome, Laura.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, one of the most exciting events is coming up in Moab. It is Moab Music Festival. Tell me about this year's event.
1: Yeah, thank you. We um, are having our second COVID <laughs> Music festival, as I like to call it, although that's probably not um, correct, and I shouldn't say it that way, but um, we were able to have our music festival last year, and... um, Oh, you did? We did. We had our music festival last year. It was greatly reduced. Um, We had lots of protocols in place, and uh, this year, uh, we're running August 30th through September 16th with um, our raft trips bookended on both sides, but we have... um, not quite back to the number of concerts that we usually have but um generally the schedule is the same as people are used to uh, around here.
0: So. Okay. So 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 the raft trips, you're not going to have violinists sitting in the back of the We do. You do. We do. We have um two raft trips,
1: Westwater, and we're going to go down the San Juan for the first time, hopefully. Um and we do. We our musicians come along and they play on the rafts sometimes, and they we also have camp concerts, and so it's really a fun trip for all huh. like musically.
0: Now I know you don't put a piano on. The no, rap, but, that oh, okay. we don't. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. so so. So tell me some of the uh, acts that you have this year.
1: Yeah, this year we have some um, favorite returnees like Michael Brown, Nick Kanellakis, um uh, Harumi Rhodes and some of the other um, people that are coming we have the Manhattan transfer this year which is a I, new group
0: I know I've already purchased tickets yeah
1: there I'm excited Janice Siegel was actually here a few three or four years ago with the Heikinchi Trio and um, she is a friend of a friend of the festival kind of thing so we've just kind of gradually moved up into getting the Manhattan transfer here oh that's
0: really cool yeah Um, so what kind of music does the festival focus on
1: the festival focuses primarily on chamber music classical you know western art music chamber music and um we're not we generally again generally don't have musicians that are pre in preformed what we call preformed groups or ensembles um michael barrett our music director brings Chamber freelance chamber musicians together to perform as a group for us. But things like um, we always have some jazz available at the con- at the concert. So that's where we have the Manhattan transfer. And we always have... Um, you know, occasionally we'll have some preformed groups, you know, like Take Six. Um, we've had, you know, Bela Fleck and um, lots of others. So occasionally we have, um, I wouldn't say bluegrass, but occasionally we just have that great artistry on, you know, banjo or guitar or, um,
0: you know. Just so, to- so you don't bring like the Boston Pops.
1: Correct. We we are not that type of a festival. Most of everything we do is a small ensemble, um, and some of, yeah, some of the other music festivals throughout even Colorado have the the big symphonies that they
0: bring in. But we are not. Them. And is some of that because of logistics?
1: Yes, definitely logistics resources. Our town is not that big, and we primarily because we go out into the landscapes. That's our um, we do concert music and concert with the landscape, and so we can't bring you know 15 20 people you know even more than that necessarily out into some of the
0: places we go we try to keep it simple but beautiful and right acoustic. um and, and how, how many artists will perform this year
1: i think in and out we have basically a couple groups you know we have a group of musicians come week one a group of musicians come week two and generally we have about i think we have about 20 maybe 25 this year Okay. Sometimes it can go up, but again, there's never a lot of musicians playing at one time.
0: And how many events? Do you...
1: There's um, typically we run with school assemblies, we run about 21, but I think we're about 14 or 16 this year.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. How do you choose the artists?
1: So Michael Barrett and Leslie Tompkins, um, Leslie is our artistic director and Michael is our music director and Michael puts together programs. Um, they we we kinda talk about what kind of festival we want to have, like what the theme is, and Michael will put together um musicians, um, people he knows, people he's gone to concerts to. Um, he really likes to know the musicians before he brings them here. So he knows what kind of music their their um, forte is and what what kinds of if they have a program that they like if somebody's playing all the Beethoven sonatas and he wants to program Beethoven, maybe that's a match for us okay so
0: and and at, what's the breakdown on the music? is it forty percent um, um, classical
1: I would say it's more like eighty percent classical oh, okay although sometimes the the concerts that we have at Red Cliffs Lodge and Sorrel um, River Ranch are generally our headliner concerts, so they can range from m- m- jazz or a different kind of style, um, but we usually try to get classical in there. But for our hikes, for our um, grotto concerts, for um, house concerts, for some of the other stuff that we do, um, we try to make it all classical.
0: Okay. Um So tell me, uh, who is your target audience?
1: Our target audience has typically been um, an over 50 crowd, um, people who... you know, don't have kids or, or small kids, I should say it's um, I have small kids. It's kind right. of difficult sometimes, right. <laughs> um, but we are looking um, to next year for our 30th. We're looking, we're talking about doing some things differently and maybe adding some concerts throughout the year and possibly one of those, quarterly concerts that we really focus on a younger crowd because we'd like to see more of the 30-somethings, 40-somethings that do have kids, that do have families, have some affordable um, place to go experience classical music. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. So so you could do something um, especially for, for kids.
1: Yes, we're talking, might be. yeah, and kids are always welcome like at our, our larger concerts. We try to Price our Red Cliffs Lodge and our Solar Rover Ranch concerts affordable for you know Moab people in um, specifically, but also you know kids under five are free, kids six to eighteen are five dollar tickets. So we try to oh, always okay. try to get um, at certain concerts get the family unit together, and I think for the future we're talking about maybe having a family hike. We have music hikes, but children under twelve. Are not are not allowed um are not in there but we're thinking about having a family concert where that the smaller children over six can attend and so oh,
0: yeah. okay i think that yeah. it'd be curious to see how that goes over you, yeah i would think it would work yeah especially here in utah with so many families with kids
1: correct and so. that's yeah that's who we're looking at so
0: um how What's the overall attendance? Approximately, how many people will come to this event?
1: On a good year, as far as pre-COVID, yeah, <laughs> uh, we it's, had I know it's yeah hard to, to judge given. <laughs> yeah, we had about thirty-five hundred tickets. Uh, people buying tickets through the through the entire festival.
0: So for a typical year,
1: yeah, for a typical year, and that's over eighteen days. And with um, again our capacities at some concerts, you know, we can have. Eight hundred people at the the weekend concerts, but some concerts like hikes, um, we can only have you know fifty five to seventy five people. So we have a broad range of capacity. Oh,
0: I see, yeah. I see. But and you also do something at Star Hall. Right?
1: Yes, typically again this year we're not having Star Hall concerts, but we're hoping to bring those back um, in the future. But you know Star Hall is a 200, 291. something uh, like that. Yeah, uh, seat hall. So
0: okay. Yeah. Um, w- I'm particularly interested in the piece that was commissioned for the event. Tell me, tell me about the commissioning club and how that got started.
1: Yeah, so uh, one of the values of our um, group of our organization is that um, we program live music or uh, the music of living composers. And so one of the things that we um, try to do is have either commission piece or, you know, perform those live pieces. So the commissioning piece is um, new this year, and we decided to start a commissioning club because we would like to have more music um, that the Moab Music Festival um, specifically asks composers to write for us given our landscape, given what we do. And so one of the ideas was to use um, Dalton Wells, which is a – I found this out um, through this whole process – is an isolation camp, not a confinement camp. Um, okay. So um, typically – so Dalton Wells is a little bit um, – about 10 minutes out of Moab, but it used to, during World War II, house the troublemakers from the other camp other camps around the, the U.S. Um, oh, okay. But Michael Barrett had gotten this idea of writing a piece to kind of commemorate that camp and what it meant. And he had asked Kenji Bunch, who is a um, Moai Music Festival player, but also a composer to write a piece. And he is also Japanese American. And this kind of evolved into um, Michael Barrett also knew George Takei and had worked with him before. And so this kind of evolved into a narrated piece that Kenji is writing. And it is about George Takei's um, experience in the um, confinement camps that he was as a boy in and um, Dalton Wells is kind of still maybe not exactly in the piece but we will talk about it at the concert um, as far as its local
0: history okay Oh, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. And that's something new It is for something. The
1: it is something new for the festival. It's on September 4th, and it's Saturday night, and George Takei will be here to narrate it, barring any f- unforeseen circumstances. And, um, of course, Kenji Bunch. And we will have a panel beforehand. Um, I think starting at 530, we're still getting the last little logistics together. Um, but ticket holders, um, I think it's going to be a first come, first serve with ticket holders at this event. So
0: okay. okay. Um And then uh, another group, um, inter- that sounds really yeah, interesting, gr- by the way. <laughs> um, so, and then another one, of course, that stands out to me is Manhattan Transfer. Yes. So, um, uh, have you listened to some of their music?
1: I I remember back in the 80s I was a child and uh, uh. <laughs> I remember the the boy from New York City. That's the one that will always stay with me for the rest of my life. But I it's funny. I've talked to a few people and they all have their favorite Manhattan Transfer. The
0: Java Jive mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Oh, a good that's one. right. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about that one. Yep. So, yeah. I'm 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 looking forward to that because my wife and I already as I said, have, have our tickets. Yeah,
1: that'll be exciting. I'm, um, they are a great group. And again, they, we were going to have them in 2020. But with the pandemic and all that we didn't know, um, oh. we pushed them off for one more year. So here they're, they're coming back. So
0: so um, shifting gears a little bit, um, you know, Moab has several events, and, and they're almost all standalone meaning you have the Red Rocks Plain Air uh, Mm -hmm. event, you have the Moab Music Festival, you have the the Folk Festival, the Moab Art Festival. uh, And I'm wondering, do you think that Moab could do more to become a cultural destination just like it is for outdoor activities such as mountain biking, ATVs, hiking. Um, what do you What do you think?
1: I definitely think we can. We have so much of the same art infrastructure that other, you know, like Park City, like some of the other mountain towns do that that have a great art vibe. Um, I think. Uh, I think it's difficult because of our lack of resources in our town, just as far as being able to have enough um, you know, employees again, <laughs> and just being able to have the that those people or those certain positions that really um, help draw us together as a big group to get to get an arts destination done. And I think, um, I think there's also this misconception that people who bike are not interested in music or 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 even classical music, or people who go out on their ATVs or jeeping or whatever are not interested in fine art or you know blank whatever and i think that is a huge misconception because you know i i have a brother-in-law who's a a great mountain biker and he's he's of our demographic that we are targeting but he came down to the music festival one time and they were going to go on one concert and three bike rides and they ended Uh. up going on three concerts and one bike ride (laughs) so i think there's 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 got to be a way for us to reach more of those people who have varied interests, including the outdoors.
0: So they may be already coming. We, we just have to figure out how, how to provide the kind of venues that they're looking for.
1: Right. And actually, that's one of our uh, – the Moa Music Festival we're trying this year. And we s- kind of started last year, but this whole idea of how do we reach the people who are already in town. And mm. so kind of even working with the whole tourism bent that we don't want to necessarily maybe bring more people to town, but we want to figure out how to reach those people who are already here. Because, again, I'd, I'm not sure about some other arts organizations, but we also, I, you know, one of one of the stories that I remember as a musician was at a hotel and she was in the hot tub talking to a couple of people and they were like, oh, we have no idea this was here. Although. The Moab Music Festival banners were everywhere. You know, our brochures were like we thought we were out right. there in the community, but that just shows you that we're not
0: out in the community right, right. as much as we thought. Huh. Yeah. Well, maybe that's something for the Moab Arts Council and people like yourself who work to bring these incredible events to town to maybe get together and figure out how, how can we approach this in a broader perspective.
1: I think that would be excellent. And I think um, Hmm. there's lots of organizations that we can tie together in Hmm. town, for sure.
0: Because one of the things, uh, you know, looking at these festivals as just nice events, they also generate a lot of money for the town and the county. They do. They do. So just, I'm, I'm curious, what kind of economic impact does the Uh, music festival have
1: we we estimate about i think about two million um you know based on we have on a typical festival we have about 3500 tickets sold people come in groups of twos and threes and fours they stay at least three nights Mm. um two to three uh, more like three Mm -hmm. nights um Mm -hmm. And you know, and they buy food at the stores. They go to the restaurants to eat. They stay at the hotels or they, you know, VRBOs, you know, that kind of thing. So, right. they're really spending money, and they're going shopping. They're they're taking the Jeep tours because you know, again, our our music festival crowd likes to go to the parks. They like to go on hikes. They like to do the same things as a lot of outdoor adventure people like
0: to do. And my guess is. You know the, the folks who come have some disposable income.
1: Yes, they do. That,
0: um, and it may be similar for the folk festival. Mm-hmm. You know the artists who come for the Red Rock Plain Air. Mm-hmm. They're, they're generally, yeah. Um, the, the age that you that you're talking about the fifty plus. Yep. So and they all stay for a week or more. Yes, definitely. So, so tell me um, if. How do you find out more about the festival?
1: You can go to our website, which is a new website. We still have a couple of little tweaks, but it's MoabMusicFest.org. dot org.
0: Oh, you drop the e- Yes. The evil, the, the evil of the festival. evil
1: of festival. We um Somebody, somebody still owns that domain, and it's it's um, they bought it way back when, and we still don't have it. So we've got the fest, and uh, it's actually kind of rolls off your tongue better too. So <laughs> music fest fest yeah.
0: okay, and um. If- if, so if they want to find out more, they can go there. Is there a phone number?
1: There's a phone number. So um, it's our area code 435 and then two five nine seven zero zero three. if you would like to um, purchase tickets by phone. Although I do think that purchasing over the internet is much
0: more e- easier. It's easy. Yeah. And, and they can do that through the Moab Music Fest Dot org. Dot org. Yes. Okay. Not dot com, dot org. Yes, dot com,
1: musicfest.com will take you to that site, too. But Oh, okay.
0: But All right. Um, What do you got planned for 2022? Anything? We are
1: looking for, um, it's our 30th anniversary. We're looking to hopefully expand our offerings to a quarterly um, so that we have, like, a little mini-fest in the summer, a little mini-fest in the winter, plus our festival plus our winterlude which is will be in our sixth season next oh. year
0: so um, oh I don't know about that what is yeah. that
1: so Interlude is a um, about five years ago we started um, working with the string program here in town and trying to offer them another way for the students oh with um, Tamara yeah so Tamara's now running it and it used to be Tamara Frieda who yeah,
0: has been a guest on Art Talks yes Yes.
1: Yep. who's okay. very in, um, integral um, Deb Holland is also another teacher um Okay. So And it's run through the Beacon uh, after school program, right, which is right. also a great partner. So um, so we try to partner with them to just offer a workshop for the kids for a week, and then they perform at the end of the week. And we also, this, this next year, we're going to have Fry Street Quartet, which is out of Logan at the USU campus. And they're going to be performing their own concert, but they'll also be working with the kids for a showcase, what we call our showcase at the oh, end. Oh, very so, nice. Yeah. Well, there's
0: a lot going on yeah. this year and the next year. So it's exciting.
1: It's very exciting we're we're, tr- we're trying to move up in the world so to speak. <laughs> That's terrific.
0: Well, I want to thank you Laura, my guest Laura Brown who's the executive director of the Moab Music Festival. Thank, thank you, you. Thank very you much. so much.